Hello everyone, come on in and pull up a seat for Countertop Conversations. Again, I know our schedule's been a little messed up, guys. And I kind of wanted to be a little up front with you about that. We've, I've just kind of got kind of a mess, but we're going to try and get back to our weekly interviews here in the next couple weeks. I can't promise one for this, the specific, the Wednesday before this episode drops. So that would be... Correct, that's... Um, July first. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get one then. We'll try. Try. We'll try. So, so please be patient with us, and uh, we're really trying to get these episodes pushed out. And if you guys could help us out with that, uh, whether it's sharing a link on Instagram or Twitter, we would be greatly appreciated. And we're looking for some ideas from you guys. We want to know what our listeners want to hear us talk about. We're going to do something on Instagram in the upcoming weeks to try and get some feedback with a couple of our ideas and potential of yours, but you guys have heard us say our Instagram, you guys have known our email, so we'd like to get you guys, and you probably know us otherwise in person at this point in our careers as yeah. content creators. I've gotten a lot more information from people personally rather than over any media. But send us a message, send us a DM, let us know what you guys want to talk about, and most likely we're going to try and hit a few of these topics, whether it's one topic an entire episode or if we try to put two or three in one together, we'd really yeah. enjoy talking about what you guys want to hear. Yeah, no, I, I think it'll help to uh, get some feedback from the listeners. I'd also like just to say like thank you for everyone that is listening. Um, I know this is, we're new to this. <laughs> You can definitely see the learning curve from over the episodes. I know that we're still working our way up to getting better and better. But uh, thanks for sticking out so far and stay with us, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, mean, we'll get there. Yeah, if you guys are willing to hang with us, we're going to give you the best episodes we possibly can. And I know our quality will be we're great by the end of this. Yeah. yeah, We're baby steps and um, we're like a toddler. We're starting to walk now, so... I'd say we're crawling. We're still crawling. Okay, we're still crawling. We're, we at least got up and moving and we're crawling. But uh, eventually we're going to start walking and hopefully we can start running here in a little bit. And eventually maybe we'll be a couple of Usain Bolts on the podcast world. <laughs> That's a long ways off yet, but... Hey, we can dream, can't we? Oh, yeah. Well, heck, did you... What was it? I told you the other day, Um, I saw Joe Rogan made $30 million off his podcast. That's fire. Thirty million off of talking. Like I someday. Someday. <laughs> someday. someday. So I uh, like I'm I'm hoping if we could pull out five figures from this, I would be quite happy. <laughs> That'd be insane. But alright. Okay. Let's get into it. So this episode is another one another special one where it's an interview episode, and I know what you guys are thinking, this dropped on a Sunday again, but Last time, Mr. Eric Tracy interviewed me, and I've heard from a few people, so I'm feeling a little pressure now to uh, bring <laughs> no out pressure. some emotion and let you guys actually know who, man, I consider my best friend is. So I'm going to take a page out of his book with this kind of rapid fire. Yeah, you like that? Questions. Well, I just, just got to have like some cohesion. Okay, okay. Okay, so my first one is uh, favorite sport to watch. Football. Are you DC or Marvel? Marvel. 
Favorite dish that mom makes? Ooh, that mom makes a strawberry shortcake. Favorite superpower? Or superpower you'd like to have? Oh, I don't really have a great quick answer to this one. I don't know. Um, can I pass? Sure, we'll come back. <laughs> I got nothing. Least favorite veggie? Um, celery. Alright, would you rather fight one rock-sized Kevin Hart or fight two Kevin Hart-sized rocks? Oh. One rock-sized Kevin Hart because he doesn't know how to fight as well (laughs) as two smaller guys that definitely do know how to fight. One pizza topping for the rest of your life. Cheese. That's not a topping, that's what you get with it. Okay, so I didn't know if I was losing cheese all together. He's like, he's like, oh my, I do, you better give me cheese. Give me sauce and green peppers. Uh, no, pepperoni. Choice. Uh, dream job when you were under the age of 10. Dream job when I was under the age of 10. Um, I don't remember. Okay. I honestly, I remember slightly after that. Okay. I think like 12, 13 years old, I want to be a Navy SEAL. Okay. So military's always been something that you've been... It's always been around, yeah. Superpower. I I don't know if I can pick (laughs) anyone. Okay, how about this? If you had to be one character in the DC or Marvel Universe, which one would you be? See, now I'm torn between two. Okay, who are the two? Captain America and Batman. Okay. (laughs) The whole Bruce Wayne... Billionaire, whatever Playboy. that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't intrigue me. It's the I love. If if you listen to our superheroes, um, movie episode, I love love the Dark Knight, and the whole speech at the very end of it when he talks about like, I need to be like, Gotham needs a hero right now, and I'm not that hero. Like they need to see Harvey Dent for the for being this white knight, you know, and so he's the dark knight. Like, I love that about what he stands for. And then, how can you just not love Captain America? Like, that's fair. I love it. And it, especially in the end game, when he picked up Thor's hammer, like, that was dope. Okay. Um, so we learned that your dream job was potentially around the age of 12, 13, that you thought about the Navy SEALs, which we all just learned. But when when did you decide and know for sure that military was going to be the path that you wanted to take? And what other branches did you actually consider? Because military is a big portion of your life now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm locked down for like mm, 13, 14 years post-college. Between Well, I guess I can't say post-college. We'll get into that probably. I would hope so. Um, when did I know that it was I was going military? I would say um, my junior year of high school. Actually, let's back it up. So coming, like, so freshman, sophomore year, I was like, I want to go play football in college. That's all I've been thinking about. Like, yeah, okay, I'll be an engineer because that's just how my mind works. And everyone was telling me, like, you'd be a great engineer because you're good at math and you think like that. So I was like, okay, I'll be an engineer. And I'll go play football. And then coming into my or coming through my junior year of college, um, 
one of my good friends at the time, Brandon McGuire, he it was going into the Marines. He had enlisted and was going to the reserves, and Sam Olson was on his way. He's already working towards it. And I was really got into thinking, like, well, like, I want to kind of go down that route, too, because, I mean, I think you have some of this in yourself as well with being on a team sport, but you want to, like, you've been on teams and everything, but you always want to be part of something bigger than just yourself. And I was looking at it, and... <clears throat> Didn't have the greatest football season my junior year. Um, at this point, I hadn't broken my leg, so I didn't know that I was going to lose half my senior year yet. But it wasn't as realistic that I wasn't like I wasn't getting any scouts from stuff, and I wasn't putting in the effort to uh, get my name out there for any of that. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I kind of want to be in the military, and I at the time I was thinking about going enlisted Marines. But my thing was, I did not want to go the reserves like those two other boys did. I wanted to go straight into active duty. And I knew that if I went off and I served my six years or whatever on active, four to six years on active duty, my butt was not going back to college because I do not like school at all. <laughs> so I, w- I knew I did not have the motivation in myself or the willpower in myself to um uh to uh, go back to college then so i decided that i need to find a different way to be in the military and go to college right away and i looking back i actually heard about ROTC earlier on than i thought i went to bad badger state boys down in ripon college um, coming out of my junior year. So right about that time. And there was a ROTC recruiter there one day. And I talked to him about, you know, I want wanted to list in the Marines. He's like, no, don't do that. Like, if you're at Badger Boys, like, you have more potential than that. And I just thought, like, oh, screw you. Like, don't diss on the Marines. <laughs> like, I was pissed at the dude. So I totally didn't even remember him. Um, I was kind of disappointed that Rylander never did anything with ROTC, the high school. I think they should give that option to kids more often because it's a great option for getting into the military and getting your college paid for and getting to um, be an officer instead of the enlisted. But then come roll around... When was that? Right around the end of... Middle to end of basketball season, my senior year. Okay. Like, it was January, I want to say. Um, I was really looking at what I wanted to do. I was already accepted in Michigan Tech. Um, I was looking at... Uh, yeah, once I got accepted in Michigan Tech, I really didn't have the motivation to apply anywhere else. Because <laughs> I knew where I was going. So, when you got accepted to Michigan Tech, at that point, you you knew you kind of wanted to still do military, but... You, at that point, didn't know how you were really going to do it. Because at that point, you were just going to be an engineering student. Mm -hmm. You had been accepted. Yeah. And so then I was just like, I heard about... I don't even know who told me about ROTC. Holy crap, yeah. I really have no clue how I heard about that again. That's anticlimactic. Yeah, wow. I haven't... Hmm. But I know I heard about it. 
I looked into it and um actually no, I think it was from Dylan Roser. Okay. Cause he was in classes with me and who is he's currently now in Army ROTC at Lacrosse. Um I think he brought it up to me. So then I looked into it and I contact contacted the recruiting officer at Michigan Tech. Accidentally called Army. Um <laughs> said Air Force. They're just like, yeah, you can apply. You sound like a great candidate. And then I was, I said something about Air Force. They're like, oh, well, they're upstairs. We can send you the extension. <laughs> but you should apply to Army also. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. And then I tried contacting the Air Force. And they said, like, oh, you're a great applicant. But the scholarship's closed. That's... And it closed in December. And so I was over a month late. And I was like, oh, well, this sucks. But I'm like... And armies was still open, but I was like, I do not want to go in the army. What was the appeal more for Air Force compared to Army? Um, was it the job opportunities and what you got to do more, or? Mm-mm. It was the fact that I have other family members in the Air Force. Um, Kenny and Keith Soik. Or no, not Kenny. Uh, Keith. But I wanted to... Uh, I don't know. They were on... They were in the mil- in the Air Force, and so I was thinking about it, and I was just like, you know what, I kind of want to keep that tradition going, because not, like, my family's not a military family, um, so I was like, well, you know, maybe my kids someday want to go into the military, so let's try and, like, make a line of Air Force, and so I went into that. A lot of people, once I decided to go the military route for good, everyone told me, go to the academies, go to the academies, blah, 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 go to one of them. And that never crossed my mind that I actually wanted to do it because the academy sucks <laughs> from what I've heard. Your life, is, you aren't allowed off campus at all. I think you're a freshman year or for quite a while you aren't. And then once you are, you still have to like wear your uniform everywhere if you aren't on campus. They just really take all the fun out of college. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to live college life. Um, so yeah, I got accepted into the program I signed my contract during orientation week and then I um got the in-college scholarship that first semester okay so been in the program since what did your mom think about Hmm. military um she supports it she's scared um being a mother knowing that I, I I will go overseas eventually and I will be in some sort of combat area, I would imagine, with what job I'm getting into. Which but, would... Okay, hold on, finish. Yeah, so so, she... Um, she's never said no to, any, to anything that I want to do in life when, like, post-high school. I mean, like, in, before I turned 18, you know, she had more control, and which rightfully so, you know, like, helped me grow up to be who I am, but... Once I turned 18 and I was legally allowed to do stuff, she wasn't going to hold me back. She was going to let me do what I wanted, even if she didn't necessarily like it as much. But I really have respected that, that, you know, she's willing to put up with me. Because the more I look at my life long term and um, look at everything that's going on, like me being in the military does not just affect me. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was an ignorant high schooler. I thought you know I could, 
I do whatever I want, and if someone didn't like it, screw them. Like, it doesn't bother them, but, um, no, we're a lot more, I'm a lot more connected with a lot of people, and sometimes it sucks, and sometimes it's nice, but it definitely affects other people drastically, so. I think that's a lot of actions we do throughout life. It's like that cause and effect type of thing. One thing happens and mm-hmm. something else is going to happen because of that. Yeah. I think, yeah, like you said, I think any job you get, it's going to affect people. I mean, I I saw it with my, um, if you look at what my parents went through, like my dad got a job in Rylander, so they moved to Rylander. Then my dad got a job in Ashland, they moved to Ashland. You're like pulling them away because... Um, you know, his family's here in Rylander. My mom's family's down at Seams Point. Like, when they had to move up to Ashland, it pulls them away from it. The whole family. Not terribly far, but it's a whole lot farther. Like, I mean, I can go over to my grandparents in two minutes, you know. So, that wasn't an option for them anymore. But, yeah, I think it happens with anyone's career. And you just gotta, you gotta find the people that are willing to stick with you through that. Because... There's going to be some tough times. There's going to be some nice times, but you want the ones that stick through it all. Do you think you want, what is the big reason, if any, that you would want to return back to this area? To this area. For one, uh, family. For anyone that doesn't know me, um, I mean... I think you've seen this growing up around me and everything, but I've always grown up. Our family's always done a ton of things together. Like we hang out on the weekdays, weekends, um, every holiday, everyone try tries to get together. If you can't get with one side of the family on the actual holiday, you try and, you know, do something within a couple days either way. Um, so I've always grown up with a very strong family traditions and everything so I definitely want to I would like to come back to the area to be around my family um who knows where my sisters are going to end up I mean with Shane my brother-in-law with him going into residency right around the same time I'm going to training as well um we're both going to be shipped somewhere in the United States and neither of us know yet where we're going um, and then my other sister, right now she's out in Colorado, but I know she's talked about um, possibly someday, you know, moving again. And I don't know where she'll end up either. So, I mean, that could change where I want to go. But also, I mean, this, I grew up here. I love it here. I live on a lake. Um, I told my parents we're never selling this house. I'll buy it from them before they're ever allowed to sell. Even if it just turns into like a summer home for me at times. Um, But I love the Northwoods area. The small town vibe. Um, I think it really attests to who I am today. And I I think that speaks for you also. You know, like you get, I think you even more than me. Like, because of your dad's business, you were able to get to know, you know, the prominent names in the area, which is, it's cool that you, like, I mean, I know some too, but, like, it's cool knowing, like, I know that person, that person, like, they're the big people in town, and but yet they're so down to earth with you at the same time, which is really cool. 
where I don't think you'd get that in a big city. Yeah, I think when you talk around big cities versus small town, it's just, it's not even the fact of the people who are the accountants and lawyers and major doctors potentially in the area. It's just the fact that you know so many more people. It mm-hmm. it really brings you closer to the area when you actually like, oh, I know um, Jim and Pop's small town dinery. I, yeah. I eat there. I try, I eat there every other weekend or something. I try to yeah. go and support the local business. Well, if you go down big city, you're, there's 15 different little yeah. restaurants and you can't do that every week that's not financially stable but being able to in a small area support local businesses and actually potentially get to know the servers a little bit more and know mm-hmm. the bartenders and actually know the owners it it makes it a much more deep impact that you have and ties to the area yeah and also like you know like let's say you go in the ditch you know in the winter and you know, I feel like around here, especially out by tech, I mean, I've done it up at tech where, you know, someone goes in the ditch, it's just like, oh, everyone pull over, like, everyone get out, we're pushing this car out of the ditch, you know, like, you have that just community vibe of, all right, like, someone's in need, like, let's go help them, and I can't speak, I've never lived in a big city, so I can't say if that water wouldn't happen there, but, um, I know it happens around here. A lot less so. ditches in big cities. I mean, yeah, that that was just an example, because especially up by Houghton, because we get a lot of snow. But, um, yeah. So then my next question, and I'll have another one that kind of pairs off of this a little bit later when we get back to some of the more military and some other things I want to get into. You asked me about some role models mm-hmm. in my life, and I want to ask. And I want this to be unrelated to military or sports. Someone who is... I know it's very... <laughs> That's what my life is. I know. So this is... I guess this is much more of a family thing. What... In, you can take family and make it broad, very, very small, however you want to describe it. What is a trait that you have seen in your family that you want to have carry over throughout your life and possibly pass on to others? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is my grandpa, John Gladowski, on my mom's side. Um, I know I've talked with her about how um, he worked a lot growing up. Well, like as they were growing up, he was switching jobs. Um, it wasn't the easiest of times for them you know, at certain times, but they always make, they always made ends meet, and, um, I mean, I know, like, he was a trucker for a while, he plowed, he was, did landscaping, he was in the military for a little bit, um, and, like, the thing that I want to keep, like, a tradition going is that he did whatever he had to do to have, like, have a good life for his family, like, no, I don't think he enjoyed every single job he worked, but he knew he had to bring money in to put food on the table to help the kids, like, get through college and all this. And um, I really want to keep that going because I know you and I have talked about it before of, you know, um, it's kind of crazy that it happened again with this whole COVID thing of people losing jobs and everything. But you got to do what you got to do for your family and you got to throw your ego aside at times. And let's say I do get laid off 
in a rough patch somewhere down the road, you know, like, like I said, throw that ego out, go to Walmart, get that job stocking shells, you know, know, do some low end something where you know you're going to be pulling in some cash and then go look for that better job and work your way up again. And yeah, it sucks, but you're doing what you have to do. So I'd say that just hard work ethic of never giving up and always providing for your family. I think that's a great trait to have. And I think it's something where I don't want to say it's a dying breed, but I think when tragedy truly strikes like this COVID thing or like depression area, people are really forced to make a choice and people, I think more times than not are going to choose to do whatever it takes for their family. And I think that that trait potentially passing that on in hard times is really incredible for you to want to instill that and not just we're not just talking hard work here working hard at your job but no matter what it takes for your family is helping them out and I think that means a lot for in a lot of different aspects of people's lives mm-hmm. it yeah I mean like you said I think you hit it on the head there where it's not necessarily just working a hard job it might be working an easy job but then you go pick up the kids you play with the kids you end up putting them to bed but then you go online and you take three classes online till two in the morning to get your degree online so that yes you can get out of that lower end job and get yourself a really nice job so that someday it is easier for your family you know like that initial job might not be a hard one to physically do but the lifestyle that you're pushing on yourself to get keep pushing yourself forward is might not be an easy one definitely the road less traveled is always a good motto to have and doing whatever it takes i really think that's awesome and those are incredible traits that you want to instill in your family because obviously we've talked like your legacy is kind of in with your family in the trait you want to pass on and what you're doing right now it's something that to me it means a lot to you yeah I mean like I want <clears throat> I want this to sound bad but you know like I want if if someone hears my name I want that to mean something to people and like know what they're getting out of me just when they know I'm coming around you know like I don't want to have a bad reputation. I want to have that reputation of like, oh, this guy's coming? Okay, like, yep, I know exactly how what I'm going to get day in and day out with him no matter what's going on. So, trying to work towards that. You know, not there yet. But That is something that takes time, and it comes from also having a job to build that reputation off of. Oh, yeah. And you, you, you talked about a little bit is what job you're actually going to do for the military. Not not when you get out, but what are what are you going to do in the military? So I think that's something that is going... It's going to be part of your life for 10 plus years in this upcoming time. Decade, yeah. Like yeah, no. So I got a pilot slot this past spring over spring break. Um, I mean, still pending. I have to go for a flight physical. Um, they So they check me out physically, make sure I got no major things wrong with me that would you know, cause me to die in flight or something. I don't know. But, um, 
pending that, I will have a pilot slot coming out of college at the end of next year. Um, right now, the Air Force is backed up about three quarters of a year for pilots. So I'll got, I will graduate in May 2021. And if it's anything like this past year or the years prior to that also, um, I will go to training in February, March-ish. Um, with COVID, that I think these this class got rolled back maybe another month. So then I'll get rolled back another month. Um, but yeah, I will have two-ish, two to two and a half years of training. Okay. Then I have 10 years after that that I have to serve. And then I will have a chance to get out or re-enlist or re-sign, re-up for another I want to say five years post that. I do not... I cannot tell you right now. No one take that five years for granted. I don't know what the extension is. So, we're look, so your time frame for military, potentially, is the ne- after you graduate, 12 and a half years. So, we're looking at 12, roughly 12, 14 years left, including your year at ROTC. Right? 13, oh, 13 and a half. Something It'll like be that. like... 13 once I graduate it'll be about 13 years okay so that'll put me at oh 36 holy crap (laughs) wow (laughs) haven't looked at it that way yet (sighs) yeah we're gonna be old at that point Mm -hmm. yeah that throws it for a uh, for a loop the only nice thing is that Two, two and a half years of training counts towards my 20 years retirement. Oh, that's super nice. Doesn't count towards my 10 year commitment, but it does towards retirement, so. Is there any, like, planes you're excited to fly? Yeah, I know we talked about this with John some earlier this spring. Um, I think him and I have a lot of the same mentality when it comes to what airframes we want to fly. In the fact that I think we both have friends and we know people that are those boys that are boots on the ground. They're in the thick of it. Um, so I think we both feel very passionate that we want to be the ones that get to support those guys. Um, so I know I would like to fly the Osprey, which is a tilt rotor airframe. So do you know what an Osprey is? No, not so, a crow. So here, I'll I'll pull up the picture Does for everyone. Propeller on the front. Yeah, they, that's what it is. Tilt frame to me makes it sound tilt, like tilt tilt rotor is where it has vertical takeoff capability because the the blades okay. are straight up and down when it takes off, Ooh. and then once you get up and you start flying, they tilt forward, and then they're like a normal airplane. That's pretty dope. They are now that they figured it out. <laughs> There was quite a few years where there was a lot of crashes and stuff wasn't going great. Um, I'll still pull up that picture. But, no, I really like that airframe um, for the reason that it flies with a lot of special forces, guys. Okay. Um, so you're going to some high-risk areas, I would say, at times. And, I mean, other times, low-risk areas. It's a lot more troop transport, the... Pilot does not have a weapon system that they're 
able to use but there are 50 cals mounted on the sides and in the back um so there is still there's some firepower that you can get on there that's what it looks like yeah those are pretty dope um that being an a10 pilot would be cool um or an ac130 like i think we talked about that with john also that one rings a bell um it's so there's the c130 which is just I love how every other branch still says that, oh my god, like that's such a big plane. It's like, oh, that's kind of our smallest transport. <laughs> like, we got some big boys out there also. Um, but they mount a cannon in the plane at an angle. And then when you're firing, you have to tilt so that the recoil from the cannon going off doesn't kick the plane out of whack. Oh. So you're like your centrifugal force counteracts the kickback. Okay. Math stuff. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know it works. <laughs> Tilt, fire. Yeah. Um, so I think all of those would be pretty cool to fly. Um, I never thought I would want to get into fighters just because a lot of them, you're up high, you go fast, and you don't get much action from what I know. But it would also be sweet to be able to go Mach 2. Yeah, super fast. And just <laughs> going fun. twice the sound, or speed of sound, just moving across the earth. That would be pretty awesome. Um, so right now, there's still a lot up in the air. Yeah. As you can tell, I have, I would like to fly a lot of different stuff. Um, for me, it also gets into where I am um, with the family. Because, uh, I mean... At a certain point in my life, I know someone will come into the picture where I got to take their feelings and, like, our relation into account. So, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Eric Tracy, um, for you guys who don't know him, he's a bit of a romantic. No. In, no. The, in the fact that uh, he always likes cooking for somebody. Okay, you love he, cooking also. He is the guy who has 10 different songs selected for potentially being his wedding song. No, no. <laughs> That's false. And uh, he's the guy who always... Uh, he's got that gift card for Ford Floral, so he can go in and get a rose at any time. Nope. I get my flowers from somewhere else. But I do get flowers quite often. I'll give you that. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, common, common one. What, do you think you'll get your private flight license after you're done? <laughs> I'm going to own my own plane someday. Okay, that, <laughs> That's a given. Like, I was really hoping for that answer. Yeah, no, um, I know Logan, Thomas, and John Hebner, both of those boys, they want to own their own planes also, but Logan, I forgot what plane it is. He's probably going to get, like, a carrier. Like, no. he's going to get the old Delta miles that they don't use anymore and buy no. one of those. Um, Logan knows all these planes. That's, I feel so dumb when I talk with those guys about aircrafts because I know nothing compared to them. Um, but there's this one, it's like a real bush plane. Like, you can land this thing out in the boonies. Um, it has some massive tires on it. And, um, you literally can land. Like, we watch videos on these guys and they'll just land on a, in an open field 
in the middle of nowhere, just be like, oh, that looks like a sick hill to land on. <laughs> Put her down and take off again. Um, they're pretty cheap, like fairly cheap for what a plane is. Um, oh, for a plane. I think, no, I I think Logan said you can find one for like 20 grand. That's like, bad. and that's a pretty customized one. I know they're going up right now because these guys that we watch on YouTube, um, they're making the sport very well known you know like they're getting the word out there about it so other people are getting into it so we're hoping the old uh bell curve happens by the time that we have the money and time to be flying these it's gonna be on the downtrend and prices are, you know prices <laughs> are gonna be going uh down as well uh it's cool it runs off of premium gas instead oh. of jet fuel and so, uh, it's cost cost efficient, and and then some states you're allowed legally allowed to land on the highway if there's oh. no cars. So like they've been known to land on a highway and then just taxi right on up to the gas <laughs> station to fill up. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'll I imagine I'll probably have something along some plane someday. It'll be sweet. I'll probably build a little hangar at our cabin and try and. Uh, level out the field a little bit, take out some big rocks that are still out there. Uh, that's not the best to have out in a runway. Nope. I heard that. I heard that uh, rocks and... Rocks and planes don't mix. Nope, probably not. Yeah. Okay, so we kind of hit on two of the main four things that I wanted to get to today. Okay. Um, the next one I want to get to, and it's something that I'm definitely not as big into as you. And that is hunting. Yes. You are I'm much getting, more... I'm getting into it more and more. I think what... Like, I don't have the knowledge to really go and ask a bunch of questions, but I think something that could mean a lot and could be kind of cool to hear about is your first buck. Your first... <laughs> it's a super pathetic story. <laughs> <laughs> it is sad. Um, so, I was... Well, like I don't know. I want to say twelve. Let me think. Yeah, no, yeah, because it's the only one I've gotten. I've I've barely seen any <laughs> as is. Uh, no, but I was still hunting with my dad. It was like the first year that I was allowed to not. I didn't have to have him in the stand with me. Okay. So like some days he won, some days he would sit with me. Whatever. And I remember we were on our little island out at the cabin, and I fell asleep in the stand, you know. For anyone that has hunting, it's a fairly common thing that happens. And um, my dad, like, all of a sudden wakes me up, like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? You know? And he's like, there's a buck. Like, trying to be all quiet about it. It's like, be quiet, be quiet. You know, and he had the gun up, like, ready for me already, you know. And... You know, when you first wake up out of a nap, you're kind of in, like, a little, like... Especially when someone, like, wakes you up out of deep sleep. It was just, like, a frantic, like, what is going on? And I remember, he's like, there's a buck, there's a buck. You know, hands me the gun. And I was just like, okay, let's see if there's actually antlers on this thing. Because I'm still confused. And I look, and I see a right antler. And I was like, huh, I don't see the other one. Maybe it's just behind a tree or something. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I was thinking. But the deer was looking like it was coming at us and it lifted its head up because it definitely heard me because I was not quiet. But it stood there and I put one right dead center in the chest, um, blew out the heart, 
It ran right at us. Dad, I would, I didn't know at the time that, yeah, you should chamber a new round as fast as possible in case you do have to get a second shot off. Uh, I, you know, I just knew I hit it. <laughs> that confidence on 12-year-old Yeah. No, so Dad chambered a new round real quick, like took the gun on my hands, chambered a new one, gave it back to me, and... I we didn't need it. It ran right to us and dropped at the base of our tree stand. So it was a nice, easy find. It was awesome, um, and it didn't kind of didn't have a second antler. It was a drop time. <laughs> it was not the uh, smartest deer out there. We had to weed out the bad genes. We only want big bucks, and that was not the buck that was going to keep his. <laughs> we didn't want that <laughs> genetic line staying in the rotation. But yeah, that was that was my first buck. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. It's better than I any story I have. Yeah. So no zero deer. Yep, zero deer. Well, to a gun. Don't you have one to a car? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely got one to a car. Nice, nice deer, nice deer. I knock on wood. Yeah. Zero, zero to a car so far for me. Yeah, I yeah, I was freaking out. I was I just got my car. It was like May. Month after I which, got my Which license. one was oh, is this this is the old Mazda. This is the Mazda, the burnt orange Mazda. <laughs> oh the oh, I, I love that car. I just got a vehicle. I had for like a week to rail the deer. Spent the entire summer fixing the car. I think the sketchiest moment for me with the deer was you remember that Prezi camp we were in? Thank you. No, it was just me and Luke. Yeah, so it was. Full it was. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. when uh, Fergie's first summer with okay. us. Um, the Prezi guy came. And we were doing. No, that. I was with you guys. Were Were you in that with us? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember, <clears throat> we didn't have football lift that morning or whatever, but we still had Prezi. So I was coming in later in the day, and I'm running a little late per usual to that. I normally <laughs> typical. I was like two minutes late, but uh. I remember I'm coming up the hill by, what was it? It was right out on P. Um, and I'm like, man, why is everyone kind of slowing down? Like, coming the other way. Because I could tell everyone, like, wasn't, like. Yeah, they weren't going the speed limit. They weren't going the speed limit. And there was no driveway right there. I'm like, why is everyone slowing down? Like, you can't turn off. And I'm going. And I was going a little faster than the speed limit. Um, shouldn't have been. But all of a sudden, I just see this these antlers come up from in the ditch. I'm like, no, <laughs> like I'm gonna smoke this deer, <laughs> and it comes out and jumps into the road. I'm like, this is it. I'm gonna die because it was I was in the Subaru, and it was it jumped up and over the hood, and it kicked off my front left corner and kept on running, and I'm just like. Oh my God! How did I not hit that? Because if I would have hit that, that was coming right into that was hitting the windshield and coming right into the the uh, car with me. But yeah, no, it cleared the hood, full one full leap and kicked off that left front corner and kept on going. Pretty up close and a personal experience with the deer, I would say. Yeah, I've been closer. I've had a couple deer come right up to me in the deer stand. Oh, okay. Some does, like literally, like they walked 
right at the base of my stand. But you couldn't touch them. Like, if that window wasn't there, you would have been okay. able to touch that. Theater. Okay, I'll give you that, yeah. I'll give you that. Okay, so this is kind of the last talking point I want to get to. And for those of you guys have heard, I think definitely the episodes with Luke, the draft stuff, and then even with Cole and Fabes, we talked about how Eric is a D2 football player. And that is a fact. That is irrespirable. He is. But for those of you who don't know, he did not start off college as a D2 football player. Nope. I want to know what the big reason was. Reason you decided to restart football up as a sophomore at Michigan Tech. Um, so, I do want to go back a little bit. Yeah, we go back. Back to, actually this is back to, I think, your second point of why I got into the military. Um, it's, it kind of touches on our last interview that I did with you and the fact that you said you look up to D-Lambs mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I do as well. And I remember he was in the military and um, I wanted to talk with him my senior year. It was it was right when I decided I was doing ROTC. I talked with him and he didn't even know I was thinking about the military, but we sat down and we talked and he said how much he loved the military and um, he enjoyed it so much and, but he eventually got out and I was just like, well, what was the reasoning you got out? You know, and he's just like, cause I loved coaching so much. They're like, it was the better of two amazing things in my life at the time. And, you know, that really hit home with me of, I wanted to, I was just like, it's someone I really look up to. And it's, if he loved it that much, I know I have similar um, interests in life, I would say. And so that also helped slingshot me into the military. Um, but then from every, everyone that I talked to there, they told me if you're doing, this is after I was already like decided and, um, I was doing ROTC and everyone's like, if you do ROTC, you can't do football. Like there's just not enough time. Like you will not do well in either like you're just gonna get overloaded and you're probably gonna end up quitting both and I was like okay if I look at it from a career standpoint football is gonna give me four more years military is gonna give me a lifetime so I should be realistic about this and let's choose the thing that's gonna help me later on down the road so I chose military I'm going through my first year and I'm like wow I do I have way more time than what everyone said like Yes, ROTC is a big enough commitment, but it's not insane, especially your first two years um, because you're a GMC and you just don't have as many responsibilities. Um, At the time, we had a small debt, so my class did have more responsibilities than what the young kids do now just because there wasn't enough people to fill the other jobs that we can now with older cadets. Um, And so I was just like, well... I was playing rugby at the time. Um, I broke my nose. Yeah, I broke my nose. I think two, three times that season. But we went to the playoffs for the first time in Michigan Tech history. Um, the rugby team made playoffs. Went down to Madison. Um, had a good game. We almost won. Um, hard fought. You can definitely tell. Nothing against the Michigan Tech rugby team. Love the boys. Um, had a ton of fun with them. I learned a lot. I really wish we would have had rugby in high school because I think I would have loved that. 
but uh, they were not the most disciplined team out there. Um, and I really wanted to take things serious of training. I kind of got out of weightlifting that year. I wasn't doing it as much. Um, you know, first year, I don't, I don't think anyone has an amazing, amazing first year year of college you got to work through some ups and downs of you know figuring things out on your own and something that I really wanted to do was you know get back in shape get really back in shape and uh this ties all the way back around to uh wanting to be in something bigger than just myself I want to have that team aspect again and so I was thinking about getting back on trying out for the football team um, I talked with Chet White because he had played there and he had been my coach my senior year of football at high or in high school, and uh, he helped me get um, a talk a chance to talk to the coaches there, and then they allowed me to walk on that spring, and then from there on out I've been in football. And this will, this is your last season, no matter what, of football because of ROTC, correct? Yeah, the, the military. <clears throat> There's a hard cutoff when you're done. <laughs> you finish your degree by now, and you're leaving. Would there be anyone? I know we hit on Coach Lemons a little bit, but I wanted to ask this question as well with you. That is either a coach you have had, a coach you have had, or like a commander that had, was a major role model in your life. It's definitely Derek um, Lemons. Uh, I've had other great coaches along the way, but he's the one that really sticks out to me of a lot of, a lot of my goals in life, I think are a lot of what his goals are in life. And I've seen him do so well at all of them and always have that, um, like I said, that extreme work ethic. And I love seeing that. And so I always looked up to that. I know he was one of the coaches that I truly felt I could always go to and talk to him about anything and everything, and he was always going to help me with it. Um, I know I helped tutor some of his students throughout high school, and, like, it was a ton of fun. Like, on Fridays, we would go up and play Bananagrams with him and a couple of his students. And so I, he was just very relevant in my life through all of high school, and I really looked up to him in everything that he did in life and it's definitely part of the reason why I wanted to go in the military and why I'm doing what I'm doing today so would there be a trait specifically I mean I feel like we kind of touched on it a little bit last week oh with and me. He, yeah because you talked yeah. about it yeah um, but is that, there something for you uh, I would say I think it's kind of like the same the tough love slash work ethic that he has of just you know keep grinding it out and um I don't know he's I think he's very smart in how he coaches and how he interacts with the community and people in general and I think it yeah for me it really boils down to his work ethic I I always try to look for that in people because it I will respect you so much more if I see that in you I don't care where you are on any other level with other stuff you know but 
if you're willing to work hard, I it really earned some points in my book. So I think I kind of get that from him. I think that's a great trait to have, and I definitely see that in you and your work ethic. Looking at what you've done with ROTC, football, getting back into it after you're out of it, taking care of your house, doing projects around the home, working God knows how many hours in the summer, and figuring a way to get yourself through it by yourself is really incredible. Eh, we got a long ways to go still. Like, I can- there's more in me. I got to do more still, so. I don't think I've done that much in life yet. I'm not satisfied. <laughs> For at the age of 22, right? That's how old you are? Yeah. I think you've done pretty damn well, if I do say so myself. I don't agree, but okay. <laughs> okay, okay, well. <laughs> I, don't. I, guess, I guess don't take the compliment, <laughs> Well, I got nothing else. <clears throat> Um, thanks again, everyone, uh, for the listeners that we do have, (laughs) (laughs) um, I do appreciate everyone listening, go out there, follow our Instagram, follow us on, (laughs) we just have Instagram, that's it, send us an email at, what is it, countertop.convos2.0 at gmail.com, if you have anything to say to us, um, what else is there? What was our Instagram uh, handle? Like we said last time, go, <laughs> go look us up on Wolverine. We need Abby around. Um, it's like, it's counter, is it counter? Give me a sec. Countertop at Convos 2.0. Um, I think it, that's it. I don't even know how you look it up on our Instagram. You and I suck at this. <laughs> we're not techie. We're sorry, everybody. Uh, countertop underscore conversations 2.0. That's our Instagram handle. Um, follow us on, subscribe, like, give us a rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, Anchor. I know most people don't use that, but feel free to, um, yeah, help get our word, get our name out. We would love any feedback that you guys want to give so let us hear all about it yes definitely thank you again and all i know is hopefully you guys are becoming our fan become our family and from eric to fam you guys will know what i'm talking about in a couple weeks but thanks for coming oh. in and you always have a seat at the countertop see you guys later Thank you.